often use these to count the prayers. So this is not a raggedy stole. <laughs> this was actually done on purpose. So just wanted to clarify that in case some ladies, especially ladies, like asking, why did his wife let him come out looking like that? <laughs> <laughs> well, she did, and it was on purpose. <laughs> well, just giving honor to God. This is a, a marvelous time um, for our church and also for the city. We are starting that amazing, brave journey. And I love this because it really... Uh, unites not only our church because we're all focused our our, um, foundation periods and and even some of our home groups are focusing on this brave series but also the city and how many of you know there's not like with the way god looks at our city he doesn't look like look at presbyterian churches and baptist churches and assemblies of god churches and all these different churches God looks at the church in Cincinnati. There's one church. There's, there's one body. There's one baptism. There's one Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's why I love this Brave series and those that take part because it really unites the people of God. And it uh, takes us on this amazing journey through Scripture. And also it helps us to take on those, those attributes and those characteristics that God really has for us. And that is being brave. Now, actually, it's kind of brave for me to even stand up here. It's not easy, as many of you know, to stand up in front of people and and give a speech, to give a sermon. But it takes amazing water breaks and all kinds of things to to get those nerves up. But uh, all of us have all encountered times in our lives where we needed to be brave. Probably one of the most fundamental aspects of being a human is fear. Going into new situations, going into sometimes risky situations. And sometimes crazy situations. Well, today we're going to talk about how God is calling us to be brave But he's also calling us to an amazing adventure. God is an adventurous God. And he wants us to be brave in the midst of our adventure. But before we go there, I want you to put on your seatbelts. Because I'm about to show a clip of what it means not to be brave. There's another adjective that I'm going to use on this. And I think you'll agree. Let's see that clip.
Okay, okay, we've seen enough of that one. Now, I tell, Sharon and I tell our kids never to use this word, but that's stupid. <laughs> that's, there's not anything brave about that. That is just downright stupid. God isn't calling us to stupid. He's calling us to trust. He's calling us to an adventure. I have a definition of brave. It's ready to face and endure danger or pain, showing courage. I'll read that again. It's ready to face and endure danger or pain, showing courage. Another way of saying this, confident fortitude. To actively face and endure something threatening. Confident fortitude. And then I have a definition for adventure. It's an unusual and exciting, typically risk-taking experience or activity. Like, and some of you might call this stupid, but I ride a motorcycle. If somebody's nodding their head, yeah, that's stupid. Especially after three years ago, I was in a major motorcycle accident in Texas on the highway. I was riding like 60 miles per hour. And the traffic immediately stopped, and I ended up in ICU and with two brain hemorrhages and a and broken shoulder and a broken sinus cavity. And you know what? I'm back on my motorcycle. Woohoo! Brave, stupid. <laughs> you decide. I'm going to ride my motorcycle. <laughs> But I was defining adventure as an unusual and exciting, typically risk-taking experience or activity. But what's unfortunate, I believe, and especially in today's American Christianity, that for some reason, adventure and Christianity doesn't go together anymore. What's up with that? For some reason, American Christianity has turned up just to be us going to church one day a week, living in our gated communities, really not engaging our neighborhoods, really playing it real safe. And so there's no longer are we hearing adventure and Christian in the same sentence. Somehow we've lost that adventurous aspect of what it means to follow Jesus. Following Jesus, as we see throughout Scripture and also we see in history, will lead us into an amazing, crazy adventure. College Hill, I believe God is calling us to adventure. I don't believe God is calling everybody to climb up on a building and, and pretend you're a, 
uh, in a circus. I don't believe he's calling everyone to a motorcycle ride, but I do believe God is calling us to discipleship, which is a heavenly adventure. One of the things about when you have a God adventure is that it will have its aim to glorify God. And it will draw us into a greater dependence upon him. See, an adventure, when it's initiated by God, will not be all about our adrenaline. It will be all about our vulnerability. It will be all about our dependence upon him. It's about God giving us an assignment that we couldn't possibly do on our own. Figure that. Could God possibly be giving our church an assignment that we couldn't do it without him? What an assignment. What an adventure. Just think of it. God asking us to do something that we cannot do without him. Isn't that a little scary? Isn't that a little risky? I want us to look at a scripture where God called someone to an adventure. This adventure. had lasting, eternal implications. Yet he used an ordinary man to be brave. Let's look at Genesis. This is Genesis 22. After these things, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. He said, take your son and your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I shall show you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son, Isaac. He cut the wood for the burnt offering and set out and went to the place in the distance That God has shown him. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place far away. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. Isaac said to his father, Abraham, father. And he said, here I am, my son. He said, the fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God himself will provide the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. When they came to the place that God had shown him, Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. 
Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to kill his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, Father, for your illustration, your revelation, God, for your people. Father, as you call us to an adventure and you call us to be brave in that adventure. Father, we pray, O oh God, that you would use your word, O oh God, that it might enlighten our hearts. Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would empower us, God, that we would not only be hearers of your word, God, but that we would be doers of your word. Father, we pray, God, that as we hear your word, God, that our ears would be open, our hearts would receive all that you would have for your people today. We pray, God, that, Lord, that you would be glorified in an adventurous church. We pray, God, that you will be glorified as your people depend upon you in the midst of risk. Father, we pray, O oh God, that as a result of this word, O oh God, that your people will be strengthened and encouraged. God, that they can trust a God who calls his people out of commonplace, O oh God, out of normalcy, and he calls them into adventure. Speak to us, Lord, for we, your people, Say, we are here. In Jesus' name, amen. There are three elements we're going to talk about today in this brave journey. One is the call, our response, and that there's obstacles. Three elements of the brave journey that we're going to glean today from this scripture. The call, our response, and the obstacles. The call. First we see that as we read all the way from Genesis to Revelation and we understand God's character and God's nature, our God is a God of adventure. Our God just doesn't stay in one place. Our God just doesn't always do the same thing the same way. Our God is always out doing exploits for his people. Our God is a God of adventure. Anyone who knows our Father God will, can never say our God is boring. Who, who, can anyone say who serves God that our God is boring? For one thing, I would point you to creation. Who in the world would be boring that can make a galaxy? like ours, but then it's only one of millions of other galaxies. Who could be boring that one that could go into the sea? And not only are there thousands of fish, but there's thousand kinds of certain kind of fish. 
How can a God be boring when we can look at amoebas and paramecium and all the different things that make up cells and say this God is boring? Look at the human body. How could we ever say that this God is boring? He's a God of adventure. He's a God that steps out. He's a God that performs. Next. When God caused his people, when God caused us to an assignment, it will never contradict his word. That's one thing we can always rely. God, when he calls us, he will not call you to do something that is contrary to the Bible. The Bible is the ultimate standard of which we live. It's the ultimate standard of which we obey. It is the ultimate standard of which we have our adventure. God will stick to his word. Next. God, when he calls, you will always know that the assignment will give God glory. And I define God's glory as his history revealed in us. That's what God's glory is about. It's about God's interaction and his relationship with us. And it's seen throughout the world. So God's glory is his history revealed in us. Next. When God calls us, it's about a partnership between God and us. Sometimes we think that God should do all the work. But God calls us and he equips us and he sets us out on this adventure. Don't think you're not going to get tired. Don't think it's not going to hurt. Don't think there's not going to be pain. But when God calls you to an adventure, it's a partnership. It means he's going to use your talents. He's going to use your gifts. He's going to use your skills. So we just don't get to sit on the pew. God is going to have a partnership with us when he calls us to his adventure. Amen, somebody. And then lastly, the call comes in many shapes and forms. Sometimes the call of God will come as you're in prayer and you hear this small, still voice. Sometimes the call of God will come through a television show. Sometimes God's call will come through a commercial. I remember when I was eight years old, I was watching television and I think it was in black and white. And I think that even back at that time, they were showing commercials about the starving people in Ethiopia. And I remember my heart was tugged. My heart was like wrenching at eight years old over people that were starving. And I went and asked my mother, and I said, Ma, I said, these people have never heard about Jesus. I said, will they go to hell? And my mom said, I don't know because they haven't heard the gospel. And I said, I will take them the gospel. I heard God's call at eight years old through the TV. Don't tell me God can't use a donkey to speak to us of his call to adventure. God will use a a homeless guy on the corner. God will use a drunk. God will use a heroin addict. He'll get his message across any way he can to a people for his adventure. The next is our responsibility after the call. We see in this scripture how God came to Abraham. 
And God came to Abraham, and he says, Abraham, and you see, and uh, if you remember in the text when it was on the screen, it showed uh, Abraham's response, and his response was, here I am. God had preordained within each and every one of us and preordained in Abraham that he would be the one who would be the father of nations. Don't we know, church, that in Ephesians 2.10 it says that we were all created to be God's workmanship. We were created for good works before the foundation of the world. That means God is sovereign. That means God has already preordained our adventure. It's already within our bellies. We don't have to go out seeking the adventure. God has already planned it for us. Oh, that's another amen. We may not like it, but it's true anyhow. The next one. This is a powerful word. We see in this scripture... When God calls Abraham, and though those things were already preordained that Abraham would be the father of nations, God had already preordained that Abraham would be the one in which our Savior would come through. But here, Abraham, because of his relationship with God, you see his relationship started with Genesis 12, but because of his relationship with God, Abraham says this word, and I want you to say it after me. It's a Hebrew word, and it's called Hineni. Hineni. I want you to, I want this word to be ingrained in you. Hineni. This word is an anticipatory yes. This word is like when I was growing up and my mom was calling me and she would say, Dennis. I would say, yes, ma'am. Oh, come on, somebody. (laughs) My kids today try to say, what? Do you hear the difference? Do you hear the difference? Yes, ma'am, was a, was a thing of respect. It was an anticipatory, I was going to do whatever my mama asked me to do. I, you know, when, you, when my mama called, you said, yes, ma'am. You didn't say what? But I'm here to tell you this morning, some of us just might say what when God calls. I know I have at times. I know there's times when God has called my name and I said, what? What do you want now? I'm busy. What do you want now, God? I can't do that. But here Abraham says, Hineni. Here am I. I'm at your service, God. I don't know what you're going to ask. I don't know where you're going to tell me to go now because you've already told me to leave my family and leave everything that I know, but I'm at your service. Number two. Hanani is used throughout Scripture. Here we see Jacob responds to the divine call of God twice with Hanani. Go on to number three. Moses responds to the voice from the burning bush with Hanani. Here am I. 
So we see Moses come into this burning bush. He says, and he hears his voice under the authority of what he saw and under the authority of what he heard. He said, I'm here for your service, God. Samuel begins his prophetic mission responding to God's call. We all know the story. It starts his prophetic mission. And then five, Isaiah. Isaiah responds with Hanani when he responds to God's call. When God says, whom shall I send? Isaiah says, here am I. One more time, church. Hanani. Here I am, God. I know I have children. I know I have a comfortable life. I know I haven't interacted with those folk. Here I am. (laughs) Here I am, God. I know I like my vacation time. I know I like all my benefits that this country affords. But here I am. I want to give you a caveat. Don't be too quick to say it. Don't be too quick. I know some of you may not agree with this, but when I was in university in college, and uh, I would love to go witness to other college students, and God blessed me with that many came to know Christ. But you know what I did that others wouldn't do? I tried to talk them out of it. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Discipleship ain't easy. Discipleship isn't all about just going to heaven and having a good time here on earth. I would tell them, you must carry your cross to follow Jesus. You might have to give up sleeping with somebody. You might have to give up drinking and getting drunk all the time. You might have to do something when you follow Jesus. Yeah, you can come as you are. Oh, but you do have to carry a cross and deny yourself. I say that, just be careful when you say Hanani. Because God just might take you from the ghetto to Scotland. Take you from the ghetto to Pakistan. Take you from the ghetto to Africa. Take you when you're a lawyer and house guys who are drug addicts. Be careful when you say Hanani. He might take you from an 8,000 member church and bring you to Cincinnati. (laughs) Be careful. Be careful when you say, here I am, God, before he even asks the question. (laughs) See, that's the thing. Before he even asks or gives the assignment, I'm available. I'm ready. You guys, I'm preaching like I'm a Baptist, so I'm going to have to go. Because <laughs> that means 30 more minutes. <laughs> Just within this text, we see that Hanani is used three times just within this text of Genesis 22. First, we see it's the, it's the re- 
Abraham's initial response to God. But then in verse 7 is an interesting, it's a, a, a derivative of Hanani, and it's Abraham's response to Isaac. And so instead of saying, here I am, the, the, the correct translation from the Hebrew would be, I am here, to Isaac. Do you hear the difference? Here I am, and then he responds to Isaac, I am here. In a sense, he was talking about, Isaac, I am available for you. I am here for you. Where with God, he was given an anticipatory yes of of anything God wanted, but with Isaac, he was saying, I'm here for you. And I would say, this is God saying to us today, are we here for each other? Are we saying not only Hanani to God, but are we saying Hanani to each other? Are we really living in community? Are we really, like I used to say in my old church, are, do we have refrigerator rights? See, when you... When, when you grew up in the time when I grew up, even though we had a rough neighborhood, those who were my friends, I could go in their house and go in their refrigerator without asking. That's how close knit we were. So I'm asking that to us. Are we such a close knit body of Christ here at College Hill that we could go in each other's refrigerators without asking? See, that's a definition of relationship. So it's like saying, I am here for you. What's mine is yours. What's yours is mine. One more time, church. Hanani. Look at your neighbor. Hanani. See, it's about community as well. Not only is it about God making our availability to him, but it's also about saying to each other, I am here for you, no matter what you go through. And then that 11, Abraham responds to God, and that's when Abraham is about to raise the knife to his one and only son. Can you, can you, they're just crazy. You're about to kill the promise? <laughs> you're about to kill the promise? And you're about to raise the knife? And then God calls again. I'm like, I would, okay, this is, this is for real. I would say, God, what you want now? Wouldn't you say that? I mean, you're, I'm already about to kill my son. I'm already, I'm about to do the most ultimate sacrifice and act of availability and, and, and obedience and you're going to call me again? And but Abraham says, here I am. <laughs> he's, about to, he's raising the knife. It says it in Scripture. And God calls again. And Abraham says, I don't know what you're going to say, but I'm here. <laughs> I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do. Church, I believe as you see in D there, that Hineni is rooted in relationship. It's rooted in not like those kids that were walking on the, on the tight wire, uh, being crazy and dangerous over. No, it's rooted in who we know. Abraham could say I'm available because he knows God. He knew God. 
He knew the omnipotent one. He knew the omniscient one. He knew the sovereign one. He knew God. And when you know God and when you're in relationship with God and you trust his nature, you trust his love, you trust his provision, you'll say, here I am, God. (laughs) Here I am, God. When you know him. I've shared this before. You know, I used to be a lifeguard when I was like probably, what, 70 pounds lighter. And I taught my kids how to swim. And one of the things I taught my kids, as many of those who teach swim, you know, we have that beautiful swim program, is how to float in your back. And I told my kids, I said, just trust me. I said, you got to relax. Because when you tense your body, that's when you sink. But if you relax, because I got you. There had to be a relationship. My, my children were able to release. They were released the apprehension of what would happen to them because they had a relationship with their dad. They seen their dad in action. They knew the facts. They knew their dad used to be a lifeguard. They knew their dad used to teach swimming. They had seen their dad swim. They had seen their dad do all kinds of things in the water. Therefore, they could trust. Come on, church, you see where I'm going. Because we have the word of God, because we have the crowd of witnesses in the word, and we have the crowd of witnesses overseas from the past and the present, we can lay back and trust God and say, here I am, God. He won't let you drown. I'm a witness. Boy, am I a witness. He will not let you sink. Love won't let you drown. He just wants us to be on that adventure and to say, Hanani. My time is gone, (laughs) but I want the obstacles. We'll go through those quick Adam and Eve sin. Sin is our obstacle to the brave journey. You know, when God was, when Adam and Eve sinned and God came looking for them, you know, Adam should have said what? What should have Adam said when God said, where are you? (laughs) That's what he should have said. But instead, Adam said, we're hiding. She's the one. She made me do it. Instead of saying, but that's what sin does. So they gave an excuse instead of their availability. We can't hear or we ignore the call. Again, this is about relationship. If we're not praying, we can't hear. If we're praying and we're always talking without silence, we can't hear. I always say, you know when you go to school, do you out-talk your teacher? (laughs) I call it the school of prayer. Do you out-talk your teacher? No. 
Because the teacher knows more than you. You come to the school to learn. You sit and you open your ears and you take notes. Why do we do different in prayer? Doesn't he already know what we want before we ask? So why not come to God and sit and listen? Uh Uh-oh. He just might give an assignment. Also an obstacle is fear. Sometimes the assignment becomes bigger than God before we even hear it. Sometimes I'm witnessing the folk and they don't want to give their heart to Jesus because they count the cost and they're like, Ugh, he just might tell me to go to Africa. And I'm saying, he just might. Yep. <laughs> the creator of the universe, the savior of your soul, he just might. I don't try to say he won't. I don't know. Sometimes we allow fear to have dominion over love. God loves us. And that's how we can say, Hanani, insecurity. And sometimes an obstacle is that we, we focus on the adventure instead of God. Sometimes people like the adrenaline, and so they'll do something risky or, or they're doing it out of guilt, and, and, and that, that makes them feel good because and, and that, that's, that's a good way to, to cover up a true relationship is, 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 is to do something. Always the focus should be on God, and we do the adventure because he has asked, not because it's a good thing to do. We do because he asks. I want to have a, a testimony for you. This, this young man heard God's call, and he answered God's call. He didn't have to go to Africa. He didn't have to go to India. But there's a call right in our midst. And uh, I'm proud to uh, have him to come and share just his experience of how God used him when he answered God's call. Lance, would you come? Good morning. So um, I, I, I answered God's call uh, uh, plenty of times with what? All right. So um, God called and I said, what? And... Uh, he called again, and I said, what? And it started out with um, Alan Rainey, and uh, I said, what? And I said, oh, you want me to support his ministry? I'll support his ministry. And I said, what? And uh, no, you've got to go. So then I took my sons and went and uh, came back, and then I felt that God's call there was finished. And um, I said, okay, well, I'm going to just continue to teach Sunday school in the church and do whatever else I'll do. And I said, what? And um, he said, no, you got to do more. What? And finally I said, yes, sir. I got an email from Robin last June. He said, we need camp counselors for resident camp. We don't have any adults going. We don't have any men going. And uh, 
I got the email and I said, well, that's not going to fit in my schedule a month away. I got a busy summer. I looked at my schedule and it fit in my schedule. <laughs> I said, what? So then I said, yes, sir. So then I went and it wasn't Honduras. It wasn't overseas. It wasn't Africa like my wife's going to Africa. But it was an adventure. It's a big adventure. And so now I've decided that where God wants me right now, and where I'll be later, I don't know, but where God wants me right now is here, working with these kids um, at Mega Blast and FX Night and teaching them in Sunday school and seeing where we can take, where I and the church, y'all, can take these kids that offer some pretty big adventures for us. And um, it's, I, I don't know where it's going, but uh, it certainly is a, a big adventure. See, adventures do really come in all kinds of shapes and forms and kinds. And I can never stand here and say, what is your adventure? But I believe God has your adventure. He preordains your adventure. And he's just waiting for yes. My conclusion, Sam, do you have that? Just real quick, we've all been created for an adventure. God is calling everyone, not some, no matter your age, no matter your status, no matter your socioeconomic status. God is calling everyone to his adventure. God himself is the adventure. Remember in the adventure, we shouldn't make the mistake that the adventure becomes the focus. Loving and obeying him in the midst of whatever he's called you is the true adventure. Bravery. Bravery is just saying yes. And it's our obedience. And then lastly, Jesus is our example. Jesus, through his relationship with the Father, said, Hanani, not my will, but your will be done. I, um, for uh, closing, I have a corny acronym, for, uh, and it's not on the screen, for brave. And the first is the B, believe God. Believe, faith, believe him. He's good. The next is relationship. Our relationship is foundation to us being brave. Because the bravery isn't what we muster. The bravery comes through whom we believe. The next is the A is align. Align our hearts to his heart. Align our wills to his will. V, and this is uh, 
what I always hang on to. The victory has already been won. Whatever the risk, whatever we come up against, I've already read the end of the story. The victory has already been won. And then lastly, the E is engage life. Our society is full of ways to escape life. Be brave. Engage life. Engage suffering. Engage joy. Engage your enemy. Be brave. That his story will be told through our life. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, that you empower us to be brave. We give you our lives. We give you the reins. Have your way, dear Lord. We bless you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.